Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. YouTube listeners, we thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time National Award-winning POET Radio. I am your host and teacher on this Bible class, Brother Black Ice, DeAndre Hawthorne. And um, again, our lesson tonight is holidays versus holy days. Why, why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. I'm going to say it again. Why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. Well, what do you mean, Brother Black Eyes? Well, what are you saying for our new listeners who have celebrated Christmas and as the birth of Christ and around this time? And then you say, well, you know what? We I know that we know when his birthday is, but we just celebrate this to celebrate his birthday. Wrong. According to the Bible wrong brothers and sisters and we will explain to you why and we will share with you why brothers and sisters so now that takes upon us going to the bible and getting into this book and reading what thus saith the lord but before we do that let's go ahead and get into our what we believe the truth hour bible class is an online social media bible-based ministry we teach the uncut word of god as it is written in the bible line upon line Precept upon precept, Isaiah 8 and 20. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ, so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you can't read it, do not believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. We have no dispute with our Hebrew brothers who want to use the name Yahshua and other variations of the name before the J came into existence. If you want to use when the first King James Bible was out, the 1611, the J was an I. There was no J at all in the book. It was I-E-S-U-S. So if you want to use that, if you want to use Yahshua, if you want, it doesn't matter to us, brothers and sisters. We know all those names refer to the same son of God, Jesus, whom we call Jesus. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, from, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days or holy days of the Lord listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we're going to go over that in this lesson tonight as well. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American, and those who were spread throughout the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites, and the statutes and the laws and the commandments of God apply to us. That's right. Send those hearts up there, brothers and sisters. Keep punching those hearts. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. The more we learn, brothers and sisters, the more we will be accountable for. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. 
one of my beautiful sister co-worker queens came up to me and said, I watched your lesson and oh my God, I, I love this and I love that. And, and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be eating it. Or she said something to that effect. I said, yes, according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, we don't eat catfish or shrimp or pork or lobster or snail or anything that's deemed to be unpermissible. According to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, God wanted to sanctify us and set us apart from the other nations. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or the Old Testament, the testimony of, or, and the New Testament or the testimony must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Number nine, that's, you could go read Isaiah 8 and 20 and get that. Number nine, we believe we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. Sunday is the first day of the week. We know many of our brothers and sisters who are not privy to this information, to this knowledge, keep Sunday as their day of worship. Well, the Romans gave you that. The Lord gave you Saturday, which starts Friday when the sun goes down. That's your Sabbath day. So we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. There are no three gods in one. There's only two, God the Father and God the Son. Go read John 1 and 1, and it will verify that. The Holy Spirit, we do believe that he bears record with the Father and the Son, one of the three that bear records, but he don't have a throne, and he is not a God. He is a ministering spirit, brothers and sisters. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, such as Easter, Christmas, New Year's. These are all anti-Christ, according to the scripture, according to the Bible. We're going to show you that tonight if you hang in there. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality, according to Revelation 7 and 9. Brothers, at this time, if you have a hat on, you have a hat on, take it off. Sisters, if you have no hair covering on, we ask at this time that you put a hair covering on so that we can be in compliance with the ordinances of God listed in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's edition of the Truth Hour Bible Class hosted by Team Truth Hour. Our lesson today is holidays versus holy days. Why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season, okay? We know he's the reason for all seasons, but this holiday season, no, brothers and sisters. So let's go find out the information that we have gathered for tonight's Bible class, all right? Let's go find out what we have gathered for tonight's Bible class, right? Again, go get your Bibles, brothers and sisters. Let's see, let's get into tonight's lesson. Now, for many who watch this show and listen or read these lessons that we teach here, uh, on the truth hour, 
I know it won't change anything for many of you. You're still going to celebrate your Christmas. You're still, still going to celebrate your Easter. You're still going to put your tree in your home. Whether or not you heed the warning of this word of God, brothers and sisters, is totally up to you. That is between you and the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, brothers and sisters. I just want to share information that the Bible contains for us to line up with scripture. So when you say, I love Jesus, don't you know there are things that Jesus don't want you to do? And don't you want to know what those things are? In order to be the best follower of Jesus that we can be, we need as much information as we can find. The research done in this lesson tonight, brothers and sisters, is one you can do on your own. We're going to show you how to research this stuff on your own tonight. All we ask is that you do the research. If you profess to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus, then it's important for you to do the research. Now, anybody could speak well. Anybody could say the name Jesus. Oh my God, Jesus, in Jesus' name. You hear him all the time saying Jesus and know nothing about Jesus. But they know the name. Jesus warned us against those who would come in his name. but are not of him. This also applies to things that are done in his name that are not of him. Let's go to Matthew 24, verses four through five. Matthew 24, verses four through five. Let's put Jesus on the witness stand. Jesus, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth in regards to your coming back? Let's read what Jesus says. Jesus, what is the sign of your coming? What should we look for leading up to you coming back? Matthew 24, 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, this lesson is called holidays versus holy days. Why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. So one of the things that they have to do is put Jesus name on top of it. Or his title on top of it. So we know his name is Jesus. Last name is Israel. The title is Christ, which means anointed one. So what's one of the first things that they do? When it comes to this upcoming holiday, Christmas, you have the word Christ and you have the word mass. The people of Christ or mass is the people, the masses. Mass is short for the word masses. So you got the people of Christ or the people of the anointed one. But we got to line this particular holiday up to see if this holiday itself has anything to do with Christ at all, although they named it after him. Listen, brothers and sisters, in a letter to the Colossians, Paul warns us against the traditions of man. Why are we 
stressing traditions of man versus the commandments of God so much. Some who don't know any better, brothers and sisters, may confuse one with the other. Let's go to the book of Colossians, the second chapter, verses one through eight. Book of Colossians, the second chapter, verses one through eight. Let's find out what Paul's warning was to the Colossians, brothers and sisters. Colossians, the second chapter, verses one through eight, and it reads, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them of Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. The only time something is a mystery to you is when you don't know it or when you don't have knowledge of it, then it, be, then it is a mystery until you gain knowledge of it. Verse three, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Oh, that would be people that would be coming with enticing words. Didn't we start off the lesson with that? Take heed that no man deceive you. Yes, brothers and sisters, we will be going to some of the Christian churches during this season, and they would have things pertaining to Christmas in their church, such as trees and lights and different things of that sort and they will be speaking intelligently they will be dressed in suits and in dresses and you would if not knowing any better believe that what they're saying and what they're teaching is the truth but paul says in verse 4 second colossians 2 and 4 and this i say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words for though i be absent in the flesh Yet I am with you in the spirit, joining and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So what we gotta find out brothers and sisters is if this holiday season, my big brothers on here, I love you bro. I appreciate you for tuning in. Um, what we have to find out brothers and sisters is if this holiday season is the tradition of man, is of the rudiments of this world and not of Christ. That's the million dollar question on tonight's show. As we talk about holidays versus holidays, holy days, why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. Let's keep going on. Let us move on, brothers and sisters. Now, no matter what we think or how we personally feel, we have to find out what the book says, brothers and sisters. 
as it relates to recognizing what is of God is of Satan pretending to be of God. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna say that again. We have to recognize what is of God versus what is of Satan pretending to be of God. Satan is a copycat, brothers and sisters. Man, let's let's go deep into this thing. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter, verses 28 through 32. De Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter, verses 28 through 32. And brothers and sisters, if you have your Bibles and you can't get to the scriptures quick enough, Sister Key Israel is posting the scriptures on the thread, on the Facebook Live thread. So if you can't get it quick enough, then you can also follow it right on the screen. All you got to do is press see more. Deuteronomy, the 12th chapter, verses 28 through 32. And it says, observe and hear all these words which I command to you, that it may go well with you and with thy children after thee forever. When thou does that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God, when the Lord your God shall cut off the nations from before you, where you go to possess them, and you succeedest them and dwell in their land, take heed to thyself that you be not snared by following them. What do you mean by following them, Lord? He's about to explain. After that, they be destroyed from before you and that you inquire not after their gods. Don't worry about what these other nations are doing. Don't worry about what these Gentiles are doing. We came over here as slaves, brothers and sisters, serving a slave master. So we looked at what he was doing. We looked at the times when he may have given us off from picking cotton. And we said, man, I love this time of the year. Look at the slave master and how he's inviting his family over and how he puts a tree in his home and how he's enjoying himself. And I'm saying that, brothers and sisters, not to be racial or a racial thing, but for 400 years, our people was in slavery. And who do you think taught us the 400 years we were in slavery? The slave master taught us. It was his mores and folk, folk ways and norms that we began to follow and establish, brothers and sisters, in this country. So the things that we are doing today are the things that we saw the slave master do that was passed down to us. This is why we go to church on Sunday. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why we celebrate Easter. This is why we celebrate a new year in the middle of the year on January the 1st, knowing that January is the 11th month of the year because it comes after December, a word that begins with the root or the etymology of DEC, which means 10. Any word that begins with DEC means 10. Use your common sense, brothers and sisters. How many years are a decade? Ten years. What's the first three letters of it? It's DEC. When you're doing decimal points, you're rounding to the nearest what? 
tenth, what does the first three letters of decimal start with? D-E-C, which means ten. A decathlon is ten races. So we know that January was originally the 11th month of the year, but the Romans changed it because they had a God named Janus. Look it up. Go to your Google search engine and type in the Roman God Janus. Even if you spell it wrong, it's going to come up. They named January after their God, the double-faced God, brothers and sisters. And that's how the new year was changed. Because man said, we're not going to go with what God talking about. We're going to do our own gods and our own deities. And that's your Janus right there. The two-faced God that the month of January was named after, brothers and sisters. And that's how the months of the year begin to change. But we can tell you exactly when the first day of God's new year is. And we're going to tell you even that, how you can find out every year when God's New Year's Day is. Holidays versus holy days. Why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. Let's continue reading. At verse 30, it says, take heed to thyself that you be not snared by following them. After that, they be destroyed from before you and that you inquire not after their gods. How did these nations serve their gods? I want to know. What did they do? Oh, they decorated trees and they put it in their home. That's how they celebrated their gods. And you said, I'm going to do the same thing that they do. Verse 31, you shall not do so unto the Lord your God for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods for even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods what things soever I command you saith the Lord observe to do it thou shalt not add thereunto nor diminish from it you can't add to it or you can't take away from it so if this Bible don't give the followers of Jesus Christmas or New Year's, then guess what? We can't add that to it. We can't add to it, brothers and sisters. But what we are going to do is show you what the Lord did give us so that you can know what we're supposed to be keeping, when we're supposed to be keeping it, and how we can stay compliant. Let's go ahead and continue with our lesson. now. When it comes to these man-made holidays, brothers and sisters, the question is, does the Lord want us to follow these man-made holidays and traditions? Now, one of the best examples that we can find in the Bible is the children of Israel in the wilderness. They were already spoiled by the Egyptians, like we have been spoiled here in America, being brought over here as slaves. But they and us lived under the rule of slavery and slave masters for over 400 years, both we here in America and our Israelite ancestors in Egypt. It's a parallel, brothers and sisters. When God wants you to pull away from a culture, or an 
ideology or a tradition. He will command you what and what not to do. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses one and two. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses one and two. Holidays versus holy days. Why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. We're going to start this thing off with one and two. And it reads, now, therefore, listen, O Israel, unto the statues and unto, unto the judgment which I teach you. For to do them that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your father gives you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you take away from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Let's go to verses six through nine. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. What's your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations is keeping the word of God. Nothing magical or mystical about it. It says, keep therefore and do them the word of God. His statutes, his laws and his commandments. He said, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which you shall hear all these statues and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who have God so near unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that has statues and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from the heart all the days of your life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. So what God was telling us and what is called the Old Testament, these laws, these statutes, and these commandments, which were so important that the Lord said, teach them not only to your sons, but your son's sons. But what do we do? We gave it up, brothers and sisters, to follow the nations of the world. Let's read verse 13, and it reads, and he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even 10 commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. Verse 16, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Now, when it comes to this holiday season, it is filled with figures. It is filled with images. It is filled with all sorts of things, brothers and sisters. We have been corrupted by the things of this season. We go somewhere and we stand under a doorway and there's a mistletoe and we say, oh, now you got to give me a kiss because we're standing under a mistletoe. Don't you know that came 
from sexual perversion activity that they used to do in other nations such as Greece and such as Rome. But we think that got something to do with Jesus the Christ. Oh, we're going to explode and, and, and let it all out in tonight's lesson, brothers and sisters. And we want to do this lesson now. I know we were supposed to do The Greatest Story Never Told, parts one, two, three, and four. We're going to start that next week. But we wanted to give you this lesson tonight so that you have about 20 days to begin to share this and show other people and give them this information and give them the knowledge. So if they haven't went out and bought a tree, they won't go out and buy a tree. If they haven't put lights up on their window, then they won't put lights up on their window. Brothers and sisters, this is anti-Christ or against God according to him, not according to me. Satan is a master at making evil look good, brothers and sisters, and sound good. He will sell you trash with feces and tell you it's the hottest thing that you ever going to see. Let's go back to the Ten Commandments, brothers and sisters, and see something in the Ten Commandments that speaks to the Christmas celebration. Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Exodus, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 4. And it reads, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Let's stop right there. That's absolute. I don't want no images. If the image and you say this represents Jesus, you are wrong. I'm going to say that again. If you got an image of anything and you say it represents or symbolizes jesus according to the ten commandments you are wrong take that cross off your neck thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Well, Brother Black, I, 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 I just wear this, you know, because um, it just reminds me. No, you wear this because somebody told you that a cross has some type of meaning to it. That's why you wear it. Why are you not wearing a circle? Why are you not wearing a square? Why you not wearing a triangle? Because ain't nobody told you that that means something. So the reason why you're wearing a cross is not because you think it's pretty. Not because you just think that it's nice. It's because somebody told you that this represents God. Now just think about it. Let's go back to common sense. This is a death instrument that the Romans used to crucify. Sometimes up to 500 Israelites a day during 70 AD. This was a death penalty 
instrument that was used for the death penalty, brothers and sisters. But let's just do some hypotheticals right here. What if Jesus came during the time when they were killing people by hanging? That was their capital punishment. Would you have a noose around your neck with an image of a man head turned to the side, swinging from a noose around your neck? What if the instrument of capital punishment when he came was the electric chair? Would you have a chair around your neck? Would an image of a man that's supposed to be Jesus be sitting in the chair? Would the chair be on top of the churches? What if he came during the time when the instrument of death of capital punishment was hypodermic needle? Would you have a needle around your neck? Would it be still sticking in the arm of an image that you say is Jesus? No, brothers and sisters, just how silly and ignorant that sounds to have those things hanging around your neck, which you never would do, because ain't nobody told you that that means something. Then why would you have an image that was used as capital punishment to kill people as an instrument of the death penalty during that day around your neck. The Lord says, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. So maybe you didn't know that before you listened to this show. But now that we can read it to you and you know it, you got to deal with God with that, brothers and sisters moving from this point on but we ain't finished now if december the 25th brother aza if it's jesus's birthday which we have been told then why are we giving gifts to each other wouldn't we want to give jesus the best gift that we can give him which is what he asked us to do which was to keep his words Keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep that dietary law. Put that pork down and catfish and lobster and snail. That's the best gift that you can give Jesus. If you want to honor him for his birth, but you don't honor him, even if it was his birth, you take gifts and you give it to other people. <sighs> Nothing to do with Jesus. I have never seen a birthday party. And people come to that birthday party and gave gifts to each other. Let's see if Jesus actually was born on December the 25th or even in the month of December, brothers and sisters. Now, we know Jesus was baptized and started his ministry at age 30. The question we need to ask is, how long was Jesus's ministry? And when and what time of the year was he killed? Uh-oh. I'm going to say that again because that's a lot of information in one question. How long was Jesus' ministry? When and what time of the year was he killed? Let's find out. Let's go to Daniel, the ninth chapter. Daniel, the ninth chapter, we're going to read one verse. Daniel, the ninth chapter, we're going to read the 27th verse. 
Daniel, the ninth chapter. And we're going to read the 27th verse. Let's find out when Jesus was born. And let's see if it lines up with December the 25th, which is what the world says. Daniel, the ninth chapter, verse 27th, and it reads, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. How many days is one week? Seven days. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblations to cease. Let's stop right there. What happened when Jesus died? What happened? When Jesus died, the veil was ripped in twain. When the veil was ripped in twain, it ended animal sacrifice, according to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. The veil was the instrument that was used to sprinkle the blood of the animal on to cover the sins of men before Jesus came. But when Jesus died and shed his blood, his blood replaced the blood of bulls and goats and lambs, brothers and sisters. Now we don't kill no more animals. Animal sacrifice is over. So when it says here at Daniel, the ninth chapter, verse 27, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, Jesus had a seven-year ministry. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblations to cease. That ministry was cut in half, brothers and sisters. What's half of seven? It's three and a half years. So we know that Jesus died at 33 and a half years old. He started his ministry at age 30. The ministry went for three and a half years. That would put him at 33 and a half years old. Three years and six months. 30 years and six months old. All right? That's our first clue. Write that down. Now, we know that Jesus lived 33 and a half years. According to Daniel, the ninth chapter, his ministry lasted three and a half years. He started his ministry at age 30, and 30 plus three and a half is 33 and a half. Now, let's go and find out when the Passover is. The Passover, brothers and sisters, is the day that Jesus was killed on. Remember, a day starts at sundown. So as soon as the sun went down and the Passover started, which was night, they took the Passover. Jesus was taken while it was still dark. He was beaten. He was tortured. He was doing all of that. And during the day before sun went down, he was killed. So he was killed on the Passover during the daytime. The Passover started when it was night because a new day starts when the sun goes down. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. This is a detour, Sister Key Israel. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. 
Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And let's find out the day that the Passover is on, brothers and sisters. Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verse 5. Leviticus 23, verse 5. It says, in the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So the 14th day of the first month at evening. So Jesus was killed on the 14th day of the first month at evening. Listen to me close. So what month is the first month of the year? Now, we broke it down to you where January is the 11th month of the year because December starts with DEC, which means 10. October starts with OCT, which means eight. Octopus, eight tentacles. Octagon, eight sides, such as a stop sign. All those words we begin with OCT. The same as the month of October begins with OCT. So Oct is eight. Nov is nine. December is 10. January is 11. February is 12, and then you start going into March. When spring starts. So we know that somewhere down there in the month of March, brothers and sisters, and we can't even be precise. But we know March is the first month of the year, brothers and sisters. And if you count it off, just to piggyback <laughs> on what I just spoke, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, eight, OCT, Octagon, Octopus, October, eight months. You see how I fall in line? But let's just deal with month and day right now. So the first month, March, Day 14, Jesus killed at 33 and a half years old. Let's go down to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And let's go to the 39th verse, brothers and sisters. The 39th verse of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. So if Jesus was killed in the first month, right, of the year, which was March, then all we got to do is count six more months. April, May, June, July, August, September. So we know sometime around the time of September is when Jesus was actually born. But even more importantly, let's talk about month and day. First month of the year, he was killed. 33 and a half years old. Six more months would be the seventh month of the year around the 14th day. Let's see what happens around the 14th day of the seventh month of the year. At sundown, of course. Leviticus 23 and 39. Also, in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto you, unto the Lord for seven days. 
on the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Wow. We got a Sabbath day, we got a holy day, we got a feast day in the seventh month, the 15th day of the month. And so we know that Jesus was born around this particular feast day, brothers and sisters. Hmm. We just want you to keep that in mind. We just want you to keep that in mind. And that is the Feast of Tabernacles, brothers and sisters. And, and, and y'all on there, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the, the 15th day of the seventh month, the Feast of Tabernacles, correct me if I'm wrong, um, my brothers and my sisters and my teachers who are out there. So we know that Jesus was born around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And then what happens on the eighth day, brothers and sisters, when a child is born? He have to be circumcised. He, they have to cut the flesh away from the foreskin of the penis. What happens on the eighth day? The eighth day, brothers and sisters, is a day that represents the coming of the Father when there will be no more flesh. And this is why some of us choose to not eat meat on that day. And Sister Key Israel corrected me. It's not a commandment to not eat meat on that day. But some of the Israelite brothers and sisters do it to commemorate the eighth day being a day which represents no more flesh which so happens to fall around the eighth day after the birth of Jesus in which he would be circumcised. I'm going to leave that alone, brothers and sisters. Let us move on. Let us move on with this lesson. Now, when you talk about December the 25th, why is it so important to white folks from Greece and from Rome and, and those who set the standard from what you see being celebrated today? Why is it so important? Let's go to Google or Wikipedia and find out God's born on December the 25th. God's born on December 25th. Let's see how many gods that say we're born on December the 25th. When you go to God's born on 20, December the 25th, you type that in, click on images. And you're going to see an image, and I'll pull it up for you. You're going to see an image of all the gods, a list of gods born on December the 25th. And it looks like this. Okay. This is the way it looks. And I know it's showing backwards to you. Okay, and what I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to save this, download it, and then I'm going to reverse it because I do want you guys to see it. Okay, so now it is saved, it is reversed, and now you can read it. God's born on December the 25th. Okay, you have the god Horus of Egypt, the god Osiris, Addis, Krishna, Zoroaster, 
Mithra, Hercules, Dionysus, Tammuz, Adonis, Hermes, Prometheus. Why are all these gods given the birth date of December the 25th? What is it about December the 25th, brothers and sisters? Well, let's just deal with Egypt first, since Egypt after Babylon is one of the oldest civilizations um, after Noah. Okay. Now, there was an Egyptian god named Horus, who was the god of the sun. So when you looked in the sky and you saw the sun, you were looking at Horus. So that's who Horus represented, the sun and the sky. He was the god that stood between heaven and earth, according to the Meduneta or the hieroglyphics written on the walls of the pyramids. Right. And here's a book right here, which deals with what they never taught you in your history class, what they never taught you in your history class. Now, did the Egyptians receive revelation and were they given foresight? Yes, they were. They were an anointed uh, uh, knowledgeable civilization because Joseph taught them. They applied these things to nature. They had knowledge of the things that we have knowledge of that's written in this book called the Bible before the Bible was even written. They had knowledge of these things. They knew that a savior would be coming. Right. They knew that he would be born and they knew that he would die and be killed three days. They knew these things, brothers and sisters, but they attributed these things to their gods, to the to their sun and moon and star. They attributed all those things. Right now. I'm, OK, here it is right here. So this book right here and I know it's going to show backwards to you. But it talks about Horus and the titles that Horus would be given, um, which lines up with a lot of the titles that Jesus was given. So how is it that all these gods try to line up with Jesus? Well, let's go back to Horus. Horus was the god of the sun, right? The sun is the most dominant star in the sky. So Horus, after his daddy Osiris was killed, and his mother, Isis, gave birth to him without the help of his father, being the first virgin birth written of in the historical record, according to Egyptology. So Isis represented Mary. Horus represented Jesus. Long before Jesus came on the scene in the flesh and long before Mary was born. But this is Egyptology. Okay. This is idol worship. Same thing that God told us that he didn't want us to participate in, but we got to show you where Christmas came from. And before him, it was Nimrod, brothers and sisters, and his mother. But we're going to deal with Egypt since you don't know about Nimrod. We're going to deal with Egypt, something that you know and understand. So Horus, the son of Isis and Osiris, became the most dominant god, the sun god. 
Now, he had an evil uncle named Set, which was the god of darkness. So Horus, the god of light, and his uncle Seth, the god of darkness, was always at war with each other. But of course, Horus was the most dominant, brothers and sisters, because the sun is the most dominant over darkness until you get to the wintertime or the winter season. So what happens now? It starts getting dark at four o'clock. So this time of the year, Horus was getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Until that date came up, December the 21st. Always remember the date, December the 21st. Type it in your Google search engine. Type in the shortest day of the year. It's going to come up December the 21st. It's called the winter solstice. This was the day, brothers and sisters, that that evil uncle Set finally defeated Horus, the sun god, according to Egyptology. Now, when you gaze upon the sky where the sky meets the ground, you say, I'm gazing upon the horizon. That's where the term horizon came from, Horus, the god Horus. And when the sun goes down, you call it sunset. That's where that term came from, that evil uncle called Set, the god of darkness. When the sun goes down, it's called sunset. So Horus was killed on what would be considered the shortest day of the year. This is all astrological stuff. He was killed on December the 21st, the shortest day of the year. He was put in the grave December the 22nd. <clears throat> he stayed in the grave for three days and three nights, December the 22nd, December the 23rd, December the 24th, and he rose from the grave on December the 25th. And the only reason why that is said to be because the sun and the sky begin to, begin to rise. So as the sun rose in the, in the, in the sky, higher and higher, the days begin to get longer and longer. So those who worshiped the sun in the sky said that this was the rebirth of the sun god, Horus. So what did they do to commemorate the rebirth of the sun god, Horus? They went and got a tree, they put it in their home and they put gold and silver on it because at that time, those were the shiny things that they could find. They didn't have Christmas lights like we got today. All those things were idol worship, brothers and sisters, forms of idol worship. And what do we do? We do the same thing today that they did yesterday. Let's go to Jeremiah the 10th chapter and let's read about this tree. I know I'm going off schedule, Sister Key, but I'm looking at the time, so I want to hit some of the most important parts. So they have this time of the year things called the Festival of Lights. Wow, we're going downtown and we're going to see the Festival of Lights. Why is lights and those things? Because it's all sun, moon, and star worship. You worship in the creation instead of the creator. God is displeased with that. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 5. 
and it says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. Why would you tell me, Lord, don't be dismayed at the signs of heaven? What is in heaven that I can look at and see and be dismayed at? Well, the sun is in the sky. The moon is in the sky. The stars are in the sky. And that's uh, the second heaven which is the heaven that it was talking about, only the heaven that we could see. Don't be dismayed at them. But what happens when there is an eclipse? All of our white brothers and sisters, they go outside and they gaze and look at the eclipse and they got little things that they can look through to look at the eclipse and they just stand outside and they gaze at the moon passing by the sun. The Lord said, don't do that. Don't learn the way of the heathen, which means nations. All the other nations gaze at the stars and look up at the sky and they get amazed at what I created. I want you to be amazed at me. The one who created all those beautiful things. And then it says, for the heathen are dismayed at those things. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cut a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, they deck it, deck the halls with boughs of holly. They decorate it, they deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. So they would take these trees out of the forest. You just go and get them from Walmart. They put them in their homes and they decorate them. And we do the same thing today. And the Lord told us right here in Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, don't do these things. But we say we love Jesus. And we doing everything that he told us not to do. But we say that we love him. Verse five, these trees are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. Why would trees be speaking? Because these were idols. They must needs be born. In other words, they got to be carried because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, these idols, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. So brothers and sisters, take the trees down. Explain to your children. Read this to them. The Lord does not want us to do these things. Then you got Santa Claus. He knows who's been naughty and he knows who's been nice. Sound like the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Naughty is evil. Nice is good. You know who's been naughty and who's been nice. That means that you have knowledge of good and evil. And it's no coincidence that Santa is spelled S-A-N-T-A and Satan is spelled S-A-T-A-N. Same letters. Take heed that no man deceive you. Let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, verses 16 and 17. Genesis, the second chapter, verses 16 and 17. And it reads... And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may as freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, oh, Santa knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. He's knowledgeable of good and evil. 
but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. This was not a literal tree, brothers and sisters. This was Satan described as a tree. And remember that tree that you put in your home that you decorate? Let me show you who you are recreating in your home. Followers of Jesus, Christians, Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, verse 13 and 14. Who does the tree represent? Who does a decorated tree represent? Well, we know that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was none other than Satan. He was in the garden. But let's look at how the Bible describes that tree. Satan of knowledge of good and evil. Ezekiel 28, 30. 28, 13, and 14. Ezekiel 28, 13, and 14. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. Wait a minute. Every precious stone was your covering, Satan? You put every stone, precious stone looking color on that tree. Your Christmas lights are green and they are red. Green represents emerald, red represents ruby. Yellow represents citrine. Every precious stone was Satan's covering. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and that tree in your home, you decorated to look like Satan, unbeknownst to you. The Lord goes on to say about this beautiful fallen angel who's, who every precious stone was his covering. He said, the workmanship of your tablets and thy pipes was prepared in the day that you were created. You are the anointed cherub that covereth, and I set thee so. You was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. We're going to read verses... Uh, 15 and 16 to Sister Key Israel. So put that up, 28, 15 and 16. You was perfect in your ways from the day that you was created until iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thy with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Brothers, and we could read more. We, we can't give you everything in one hour and one lesson, brothers and sisters. So we're trying to give you enough for you to at least start your search and your research on why Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season. There's a lot of scriptures here, Sister Key Israel, that I wanted to give the people. In your own time, look at Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. It gives you all the holy days of God that he commands us to keep as opposed to this Christmas and this New Year's and this Easter that we have been keeping, brothers and sisters, which have absolutely nothing to do with Jesus. They are antichrist because they were founded for the honoring and the celebration of idol gods, brothers and sisters.
Mm. You know, one day truth and a lie went swimming together. And when lie was in the, I'm sorry, and when truth was in the water naked, lie went and put on truth's clothing. And now what we have is a naked truth trying to catch up with the well-dressed lie. But tonight, we got them, brothers and sisters, on the Bible class Truth Hour. We got them tonight, brothers and sisters. So I just wanted to share with you many of the things that maybe some of you all knew but just didn't know where to find the evidence of it or the proof of it at. We showed you the proof, both in Bible and in history and in social media. <laughs> Sister said we need a part two. It's a lot of scriptures, brothers and sisters, that we ain't covered tonight. We have at least, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got about eight scriptures that we just didn't get to tonight, brothers and sisters, for the sake of time. But let me close with this. Let's go to John 8 and 31 and 32. The reason we are so trapped with the spirit of depression, disappointment, betrayal, suicide, sadness, loneliness, is because someone has lied to you, brothers and sisters. They even sing a song called, What Do the Lonely Do at Christmas? And we hear these songs played during this time of year, and it makes us feel a certain kind of way because this reminds of us of, of our grandmother who's no longer here. It reminds us of, of, of our family. We all used to get together this time of year. It reminds us of those whom we love. So when someone comes and tells you that you're not supposed to celebrate it, you got your guards up because you're thinking that someone is trying to pull your dead loved ones away from you. Because this reminds you of them. We're not trying to do that, brothers and sisters. We're just trying to give you the truth and what God commanded us not to do. Let's close out with John 8, 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. And this will be our last place. We'll close out. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The reason why we are trapped, brothers and sisters, and the way we feel and the way we've been feeling, especially this time of the year, the time when it gets dark real early, it's very cloudy outside, and we feel all those down feelings. Man, this reminds me of my loved ones. Man, you know, this time of the year is so sad for me because, you know, this is the first year without my mama. This is the first year without my daddy. This is the first year the holidays remind you of your loved ones. So when someone comes speaking the truth to you to tell you don't participate, you think that we're trying to take your loved ones away from you. And we're not trying to do that. We're trying to get you closer to the one who you say that you love, which is Jesus. 
Thank you so much for your time. Brothers and sisters, at this particular time, we want you to continue to share this lesson until Christmas gets here. Say, hey, do you know the truth about Christmas and how Jesus is not the reason for this holiday season? Share this lesson. Go to YouTube after this lesson is over. Share the links to your people. Get the word out there, brothers and sisters. That's why we want to get these lessons out way before the days come. But again, if you would like to be added to our text message, invite reminder list. Then text your name and the keywords truth hour to 312-719-7310. Take text your name and the keywords truth hour to 312, and it's about to pop up in the comment section. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.